tuned in to the cold hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea. Piping hot, so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via WhatsApp at 324-1612. Email tips at caymanmorrowroad.com. Now, here's your host, Sandy Hill, broadcasting live from the beautiful Cayman Islands. All right, folks. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm waiting on. Let me just send them a quick message. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Got a totally new setup this morning. So I'm going to need your help to know if you guys can hear me. Um, I can't actually hear myself, but do I ever hear myself? No. I'm going to have to see how this works here in a second. So I think. I think I can be heard. Give me a thumbs up if you guys can hear me. Give me a shout out. Yep, mic levels look good. Um, loud and clear. All right. It's got a whole new studio set up. We're going to be talking about it all in a second here. Uh, we got Blake and Aaron. I don't know if I can hear Blake and Aaron, though. Give me a second now. How you doing? Can you hear us? Oh, well, there we go. Hey, good morning. Well, good morning. Just good coming, morning. Just coming back. I got my doing? new my new little board set up here, so new mic and everything. Well, the mic is a little. Um, I saw pictures, but get, can you nice. move the camera around and show us? Um, no. Can the camera. <laughs> no, oh. I am going to be adding a second camera though. We so. need a second camera so it looks I, like I, like ours, coming. so you can see all the board and see all the equipment and. Yes, it is coming. It's a cool. Mm. It's a cool yeah, view when when everything's turned on and. How to mount the second camera, but it's definitely coming. Nice. One project yeah. at a time. <laughs> so I'm trying to sort out audio right now. And guess oh, what? As of today, I can take phone calls. I'm so excited. Oh, no. Amazing. That's great. Yeah. What's the phone number? Uh, 936 Bobo. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Let me plug it in. Let me plug it in. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. There we go. There we go. It's in the board what is, now. Was it 936 what? 936 Bobo. What's Bobo? Bobo. Bobo. What's the number? So I don't have uh, that. Two, six, two, six. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry. Your call cannot be completed as dialed. Nine three six two six two six. Oh well. Bye. We'll try it again later. We gotta go here. Here we go. Stand by. Right. Hey, Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. <laughs> K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning, Blake. Good morning, Aaron. Morning, morning. How was How the weekend? Oh, it was pretty good. Excellent. What you got for us? News so, headlines. Well, unfortunately, we got some bad news, I should say. Um, it wasn't great for everybody, but um, there was a fatality on um, Saturday. I think it was early Saturday afternoon in the District of Prospects. Our condolences go out to the family um, of that young man. For the car crash? Um, yeah. Yeah, a singular car crash. Um, there seems to be some mixed up story with it that he may have been assaulted before the accident. 
Um, hmm. We're still waiting on the police to confirm those details, but he ran into a wall off of, I think it was Mangrove Avenue. So yeah, condolences to tall man's family. Mm, that's out of here. Very. Um, there was Jobs Cayman has announced over 800 jobs on the Jobs Cayman portal. So the um, ministry responsible for that is encouraging all unemployed Caymanians to make uh, uh, themselves, you know, avail themselves of that resource. And I think a lot of people are trying to access the website because I'm aware that it crashed on Friday at some point. <laughs> so hmm. I think it had a lot of traffic all of a sudden. Huh. Yeah, because people are like, the website is down. I can't get on. So I think maybe that's a good sign, but make sure the website can handle enough traffic. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so that's good news. Um, cruise ships are coming back. We, we mentioned that this morning. Yay. March yes. 21st. Um, so there's some people who are anxiously awaiting their return. And then there are others who are like, why are they coming back? I haven't missed them at all. <laughs> but yes, it's a necessary evil, I suppose. Um, and in fact, someone sent me a link last night where Disney has already announced on their website that, ooh, cruise ships are returning to the Cayman Islands and they are super excited about that. So do we know um, which, like, which cruise line is coming on March 21st? Um, no. Ship schedule? It doesn't. Yeah, I don't know that we have the schedule yet. It has been so long. I don't even think I have it saved in my favorites anymore. Yeah. Let's see. No, I don't. Yeah, we'll have to see if we can get it. But um, but yeah, the the cruise lines are excited because Cayman happens to be, you know, a really great destination for them. It sells a lot of cruises once they say they're stopping in the Cayman Islands. Hmm. And um the off-reg CEO has resigned. So he has found um better opportunities elsewhere. So okay. the announcement came out on Friday that um, Mr. Malik Cummings will be leaving Offreg. And um, I guess now they're looking for a successor, which kind okay. of makes me wonder why they weren't planning to have one train all the time. But anyway, um, good luck to Mr. Malik Cummings and on his new venture, whatever that might be. So we have um, no idea what that is. So it sounds like it's like sudden. Oh, wow. Well, the uh, sorry, I was just looking at the cruise ship schedule. Think, oh wow! Oh sorry. <laughs> no, he's like I let me, let me jump back straight. to that because um, let's circle back to the uh... circle back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, starting on March first, they have cruise ships scheduled. Oh, already on the schedule. Uh, the Norwegian right. Dawn and the Carnival Sunrise. Make sure this mm. is Cayman. It's this is Cayman Port. Mm, okay. Yeah, we're the only Cayman right I'm in the world. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure they can't wait. So, yeah, not surprised. The, 20, the 21st, though, is uh, Disney Magic. Mm -hmm. Like Lots I said, I thought I saw Disney put something out that they were excited. There are there are practically every uh, cruise ships scheduled every day. That doesn't sound right, does it? Uh, on the March schedule. So. Well, we'll have to see tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> see if there's anybody in port tomorrow. Uh, I doubt it, though, but it's, yeah. on, it's on the schedule. It's on the schedule. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Yes. So um, Jamaica is dropping pretty much all of their COVID, um, you know, regulations. They've ended travel authorization and quarantine requirements completely. And I've never felt like they really had had it under control. No, never. So, yeah. You know, I guess they figure, great, let's just give up now anyway. Why not, why not let that fire keep burning? <laughs> Didn't they give up a long time ago? Yeah. 
Absolutely. So the um, the local embassy reached out um, to CMR for us to help spread the word that um, you can now return to Jamrock with nothing in place whatsoever. So no, like testing before you go there. Nothing. Oh, really? Um, so um, yeah, they they've legit just dropped everything. So as of March the first, uh, the requirements to receive prior authorization through Jam COVID website will be discontinued. Um, it does say that travelers are still required to submit a negative COVID test at least three days before. So I don't know how they're going to submit it, though. I mean, that's a bit weird if there's no authorization process. Maybe just like at the gate. Okay. Three days before? Three days before, no. That wouldn't make sense. Mm -mm. Um, yeah, how do you do that if you don't have a website? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> Listen, um, weddings, burials, and funerals. Jamaica.com. Just send it. Somebody didn't think this through. <laughs> I know they'll, they'll figure it out when the first thousand people arrive and they're like, what? I mean, yeah. I guess it is, it, it is kind of the things that need to be, you know, like we got to start moving to living with it. And, but I guess it, I it's know. a question of how far are you going to go? But they, they're still maintaining some curfew hours from 12 a.m. until 5 a.m. So there you go. Overnight, they still don't want you partying. I okay. mean, that doesn't. All righty. <laughs> I'm never wrong about this. <laughs> and uh, a little bit of court news. There's a number of, of very interesting trials on at the moment. So on Friday, you guys remember the Tortuga robbery that we talked about some months Long ago? Long time ago. Yeah. So that um, guilty verdict for both defendants on Friday. Um, so they'll be having a sentencing hearing in April and um, potentially looking at anywhere from nine to 12 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was an That's a long time. Yeah, it was an armed robbery. Yeah, but it was kind and of like it was kind of ridiculous, like crazy. What's crazy? Sorry, the, that robbery. Oh yeah, no, it was. Yeah, we're gonna get into quite a bit of details. Yeah, it. yeah, it was legit crazy. And uh, remember our little friend Hank the Tank, the bear. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you're not gonna believe this, but he's been cleared with cleared DNA evidence. Charges. Cleared of all charges. Well, cleared of some. <laughs> Hank okay. the Tank will live to see another day. Apparently. Um, because as it turns out, he was being blamed for home invasions that had nothing to do with him. Mm. So, um, DNA evidence has proved that it was actually a female that was raiding the homes and stealing food. So Hank, the tank, uh, will be a, okay. He's a really big bear, by the way, I've seen pictures of him and now I know why they're calling him Hank, the tank. He's I thought maybe you're going to say that it was, it was like a couple of people They were in, like, Hey, listen, hey, Bob. What do you say we rob these houses? They're they're blaming this bear right now. Yeah. We can as long as we as long as we rummage through the refrigerator a little bit, like yeah. we're getting food. Exactly. They'll yeah. think it's a bear. Let's go get the Sasquatch. No. <laughs> listen, I mean, you, you can't make this stuff up, right? So the female bear, uh, the bear burglar is a female who's on file with the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. <laughs> so they okay. actually had her DNA profile. What? So, um yeah, it's crazy. Well so, I hope yeah. she's, she's got a long rap sheet. Listen, don't put your house in the middle of the bears area and expect no bears. And then it turns out that there's at least three other bears involved, two females. Um, so, I like yeah, Hank the, tank is, the bears are be trying okay. to fight back. They're trying to fight back for their property. It's a bear gang. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Again, yeah. they're encroaching on their their space. So it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty hilarious. The Hank the Frank was cleared because of DNA evidence. What next? I love it. All yeah, right, Sadie. All right, guys, have a fantastic Monday. Actually, we'll talk to you next month. 
<laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Second there, you confused me. I'm like, what? But yes, tomorrow is next month. Gotcha. <laughs> See you. Bye. All right. Our All right, folks. So guess what? We are so super excited here this morning. Um, we're going to talk about Hank, Hank the Bear a little bit later on because this is really funny. I've got some footage from TMZ. Poor Hank. He almost got convicted when it wasn't him. So this morning, let's kick off the discussion about people who want to say it's not them. Well, you know, the amazing thing is technology has a way of vindicating the right people. Oh, let me get my mat, by the way. I have my little, um, I've been using a little uh, foot mat here, foot mat, because standing for two hours is uh, the best thing to do in the morning, I feel like, because I've been sleeping all night, but my little feet don't always like the standing for two hours. Anyway, uh, yes, Hank the Tank is <laughs> cleared because of DNA. Listen, it's just absolutely amazing what modern technology can do in terms of vindicating people and convicting others. And we are certainly going to be talking about that here this morning. But guess what? What day is it? Tell me what day it is. Who's with me? Wake up. It is Monday Rewind. Time for Monday Rewind. The Cold Hard Truths Monday Rewind show recaps the weekend's news and events so you don't miss a beat. Don't miss out. All the weekend's source, news, gossip, and, well, it wouldn't be a weekend recap show without traffic accidents, too. Cayman Marl Road is Cayman's number one news source and has the island's hottest morning talk show. It's the hottest. Make sure you don't miss a beat with Monday Rewind. Rewind. Tune in every Monday from 7.30 a.m. on both YouTube and Facebook. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Kizwiz says we were echoing. I got to look into that. Um, so as you guys probably saw over the weekend, it was a super, super busy weekend. Really, really busy um, getting the new studio equipment all set up. So I got to do a big shout out to a private benefactor. He does not want to be named. Um, who's been extremely helpful in getting my board to Cayman. First of all, he um, I fully intended to budget for my board. But he ended up buying the board for me and um, getting it here in a good amount of time. We were anticipating starting the new show tomorrow, as you guys know, on Bobo uh, 89.1 FM. But a uh, slight delay. Equipment got lost. You guys know how this is. The engineers came on island and then equipment got lost. And, um, you know, I think they did quite a bit of work while they were here. But apparently they're going to have to come back and finish stuff up. So yes, we are looking for some additional pieces from the radio station perspective, but here in my studio, I'm clicky clacking along folks. Uh, so I got a new board and um, what's his name? Blake is absolutely right. I do, I'm planning on getting a second camera. I just got to figure out how to mount it actually so that you can actually see my board and all this fun stuff. So second camera soon come in studio. But um, yes, in the interim, I am here and I have got um, I was, listen, 
back up. Monday rewind, back it up. So on Saturday, I got the equipment on Friday. So on Saturday, Marlon was here trying to uh, get the board set up for me. He had to basically pull down my entire setup on my desk and just redo it all. Yeah. So I've got a new desk stand, which is great because it's one of these standing desks that I can adjust to different levels. So this works for me. He had to move the gaming CPU somewhere else. Um, and it is actually now underneath the desk. So we got to be very careful with like overheating. And there's so many things that go into this because it takes a lot of processing power where it is. So we have fans that are constantly um, keeping that area cool. And by the way, I have no AC this morning because the AC, I noticed it last week about Wednesday or Thursday. I'm like, hmm, is it early menopause hitting me or is it warm in here? You know? And it turns out it was actually warm because something, some part has gone on the AC that needs to be replaced. So I've got my AC guy there trying to source that part, hopefully today. Because you know, okay, man, even if it's not hot, you still need a little tops of a little bit of breeze coming from the AC. Uh, so we had fans on on this side of the house last night and everything and trying to cool the place down. So, um, yeah, so I've been extremely busy. So after Marlon set everything up for me, then I have been really busy trying to learn how to use the equipment because he's not going to teach me that part. He's like, listen, you, you're the one. This is your venture. <laughs> Good luck. Um, he's just going to connect it and make sure it's all connected correctly and it's all working. So, hello. Guess what's working this morning? I think, knock on wood, our new phone number, which is 936-2626. So, it's 936-BOBO. So, who's going to be? We're going to test it out this morning. We're obviously not on air yet, but we can already start taking calls. So, who wants to call me first? So, good morning to uh, Felicia. And by the way, I should sound better. Does anybody think I sound better? Because now my mic is going through like a proper board and I can do all kind of like effects with like oh my god I was I my, my poor brain I felt like an audiophile last night like I was just like okay um what is it called hiss some hiss thingamajig we've got tons of tons of features we have um hiss pass noise gate de-esser a compressor like I was learning what all this stuff means like really quickly and uh do I need to do any of it so check this out check this out Call now at 936-2626 to join the conversation here in the cold hard truth. Can you guys hear that? Hold on. I have to put on headsets to actually hear it. Call now at 936-2626 to join the conversation here in the cold hard truth. All right. Did anybody else hear that except me? I don't even know what you guys can hear right now, but I think you can hear that. Um. So, yes, that's... Uh, I think what I need to figure out, though, for me to be able to hear the board without putting on the headsets, I think that means that I need to put the speakers directly through the board. So I need to figure that part out. So I haven't gotten that far yet in the setup. So good morning to Wee Wee. Good morning, Olivia. Darius is here. Sari is here. So who wants to be the number one caller? Marshall. And so in theory, Olivia, hey, K-Man here say Andre's got it locked. In theory, I should be able to also receive calls um, via WhatsApp. So I don't know why this thing keeps, it keeps telling me Beats, some Beats headset that it wants to connect to. I do not know what that's about. So I need to screenshot that and send that to Marlon. Like Beats, I don't have any Beats headsets. What is it asking me for? Let me send this to him. No clue. 
Um, I do have a, a cable connected to it. It's a um, TRS, what is it? TRRS cable to be able to take calls. So I don't know what that's about, uh, but it keeps asking me to connect. It's weird. I'm wondering if it's thinking that that cable is some Beats headset or something, but I don't know. I ain't got none of those. Yeah. All right. Uh, so who wants to call me first? Irvlin, give me a call. 936-2626. Let's start testing it out. Good morning, Louie. Joining us from Detroit. How's the weather? Hello, Lulu. Catherine is here. Miss Anne-Marie is here. Andre says, hashtag technology. I know poor Hank the Tank. He was being blamed for something that he had nothing to do with. He actually was an innocent little bear. So they were blaming him because they're probably looking at him going, boy, that Hank the Tank sure is fat. If anybody's stealing food, it must be him. But as it turns out, it wasn't him. Goes to show you, you can't always judge a book by by its cover. So Hank the Tank uh, has gotten a bit of a reprieve. They're going to leave him alone, I think, uh, for now. And uh, also it goes to show you that sometimes people look like the culprits. There he is. Poor little Hank the Tank. He looked like he was um, guilty as charged. Man, he must eat a lot, though. Look at him. Look at the size of Hank the Tank. No wonder he got that nickname. He is huge. But this black bear is innocent. It was actually two females and another male that were up to their shenanigans. And uh, they were the ones who were um, actually up to no good. Okay, Irvlin, you called me. What number did you call on? You got to call that other number. Um. So good morning, Ms. Sheila. Good morning, Ruth. Good morning, Cheryl. Let me do this. I'm going to put in on the little ticker the time to call. Let me see here now. Um, or the number to call, sorry. Let me just edit this. So it's 936 Bobo, which is 2626. All right, so we're getting ready here to um, basically getting ready for the radio. So we're going to test out different things as we go along. So good morning, Miss Cheryl. Yeah, so there's Hank. I wonder how old he is. He looks like he could be good, you know, good age. I don't know how how long bears live for, but he's looked like he's had quite an interesting life already. And yeah, they were trying to put poor Hank the Tank down and they were um, advocates, wildlife advocates were trying to find Hank the Tank a home, which I think is the right thing to have done. I don't think they should have put him down. Um, but, you know, we're encroaching on their area and then we get upset when they start to come back and steal our food. I mean, listen, I wouldn't want, if I lived in Lake Tahoe, I'm not saying I'd want to bear up in my fridge <laughs> because that must be a pretty scary experience. Uh, but I could understand why bears are, you know, because we keep encroaching on them. So at some point, they're kind of pushing back a little bit saying, get out of my space. So, yes, um, thank you so much for the feedback on the audio. Uh, there's other stuff apparently that I can do, but I wasn't trying to do too much. Ooh, we got our first call. <laughs> hold on now. Good morning. Okay, hold on. I think I got it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hello? Oh, wait. Can I hear you? 
Oh, there we go. Hello. Good morning. Oh, gosh, I can't. Can you guys hear her? I can't hear. Her. I can't hear you. Hold on. Hello. Hmm. All right. Hold on now. I should be able to hear you through the board. Um. Hold on. Oh, do I just hold on? Can anybody else hear hear her? I can hear you on speakerphone, but shouldn't I be able to hear you through the board? I know. All right. So this one, I got to figure out why I can't hear you through the board. Can everybody else hear her? We can't hear her. Mm. All right. Let me, um, <laughs> let me try and figure it out. Let me try to figure it out. All right. Hold on one second. All right. We got another caller. Good morning. Okay. Give me, give me one, give me one second. Call me back in two seconds. I'm going to change out a piece of cable. Give me one. Give me one second. Call me back. I just want to change out a station. Okay, uh, a cable. Okay. All right. Good. Good. So I tested it last night and it worked. And the only thing I did was I did change out this iPhone cable. So hold on one second. Maybe it's the cable. This is why you got to buy genuine parts sometime, child. Because I bought this other one thinking this would work. But hold on. It's a little bit longer. That's why I was trying to use that other cable, but maybe it doesn't work. All right, hold on. I'm going to get you guys to call me back in just a second. Let me plug this in. There we go. I need a longer TRRS cable. Okay, so that now is working. Um, all right, so call back, guys. <laughs> Give me a call back. Call me back, Irvalyn. Yes. We're going we're gonna to get this working one way or the other. So I think I just pressed that button. And I can also do Bluetooth connection as well. But I think this one is supposed to be uh, better than Bluetooth. All right. So, okay, here we go. Another call coming in. Good morning. Good morning, Bobo. Oh, I can hear you. Can you guys hear that? Ah, uh, well, congratulations. May God bless you in all your future endeavors. Oh, Thank my goodness. Know. I can hear Thank you. I just got to figure out how I can hear without having to put on these annoying headphones. But okay. yes, I can definitely hear you. I'm not feeling well, but God is good. And let's all unite and be lovers of everyone. Help each other. Thank Come, you Bobo. so much. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate it. All work to the Cayman Islands and all those. Stop the hating and get the loving. Put in. Yes. Cough and pray and unite in love and unity. Come on. Positive Come on, message. Bobo. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> all right. We got Irvlin calling us. Thank you. Thank you, honey. All right. Let's, let's take another call. Good morning. Welcome to the Cool Hard Truth. Hi, good morning. Yay, I can hear you. Yay. So look at that. It was just one little cable that made all the difference in the world, folks. So it's like the genuine USB or, or lightning connector for iPhone. Yes. So yes, wonderful. How are you? Congratulations, Bobo. Thank you so much. Everybody can hear her loud and clear. I think everybody can hear you now. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you, Irvlin. Appreciate all it. So we're... You. 
I, I appreciate the love and support. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, Melita, that's not Cece. That's Ervalyn. Cece hasn't called in yet. All right, hun. Have a good day. Have a great day. All right. I hate wearing headsets, by the way. That's just me. Um, they make me hot. And I'm already hot this morning because the AC issue. But yes, okay. no, that's uh, that's Ervalyn. So I wonder now. Hmm, I got to figure out how I can. I think I might have to do speakers or something. How I can listen without putting on headsets. All right. So solved one problem. So this TRRS cable, I need a longer cable. This is way too short. Uh, so let me work on that. Might have to order that one. Uh, yes. Okay. So small steps, right? We now know the, the phone is working. Um, no, the first person was, um, that was uh, Virtuous Pinook. Good morning, Andy. So it'll be that easy for us to um, to take calls. <laughs> Andre says, Yogi and Bobo frame poor little Hank the Dank. No, 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 no. Although if you believe some people, you would uh, believe that we're in the business of, fra of framing people which is absolutely ridiculous. So let's talk about this, right? You guys have got to know that sometimes I find defendants to actually be a little bit crazy. And sometimes I find them to be a little bit humorous, but I don't find this particular defendant, um, Eve High Voltage is her name and her actual name is Kaznik Patrice. Oh, she's got so many names. Kaznik Patrice uh, Austin Cupid. Cupid. Um, she's a special case of something. I don't, I don't know what, what this girl is drinking, what kind of special Hennessy she's on, but trust me, it is at a different level completely. So the narrative in her head, she was convicted on Friday. This is why we're talking about this folks. Now you guys know, you know, she's an interesting character to begin with. Um, she likes a certain lifestyle that makes for good fodder, I guess. Uh, you know, we've talked about her here in the program. She's actually been on the show back in, I think it was 2019, after it was alleged by you guys. This is how she came on her radar because I didn't know who she was. And the funny thing is, I think I've been Facebook friends with her for quite some time, but I still don't really know her. Like, I have a lot of people on Facebook that I don't know them. We don't, we don't, we're not friends in the real world. We're just Facebook friends, you know? Um, so probably up until that point, had I seen her out and about, I think my camera's a little bit crooked though. I gotta fix that with the, the line of the, I'm looking at my um, flag, but anyway, we'll get all those little details sorted out. So yes, um, you know, she came on the show after allegation, allegations came about her allegedly misusing at the needs assessment unit. The allegation was that she was actually trying to crook some people. Uh, she had had some plastic surgery done. And she was trying to pretend like she was a, I guess, sales agent or referral agent or whatever for this place in the DR where she went and had all this cosmetic surgery performed. So a couple of things came out of that, in fact, that were very, very interesting. Um, one thing was she, the, the, the main question was people thought she was running a scam pretending to work for this cosmetic agency. And the cosmetic agency did post on their page 
that she's not a representative for them. I think what it was is, you know, like if you go to a doctor or whatever, you can do like a referral, like refer your friends and you'll get um, $100 off your next procedure or whatever. So she was actually referring not so much the surgeons, but the facility, the post-care facility that she stayed at. So apparently if you go to the DR, um, there are these facilities there because a lot of people do go there for cosmetic surgery. Child, I would never go there for cosmetic surgery. Can I tell you? That wouldn't be me. I, I want to go to America where if they get it wrong, they put the butt cheek in my, in my other cheek or whatever. I'm going to be able to sue somebody and actually know that they have insurance and I can actually sue them and get a couple million dollars. You know, you mess, you mess me up. You're going to have to pay. But anyway, yeah, she was trying to pretend, uh, KK, you got it right, that she was some sort of an ambassador for this place that she stayed at, this aftercare facility. So they give you a room. I think you're responsible for bringing like your own food and stuff, though. But, you know, they have nurses there who will provide a service of um, taking care of you and that sort of thing. So she was promoting it, right? But she was promoting it in a way, and it was worded in such a way the people were like, oh, she's running a scam because this is, you know, she's not an ambassador for this place. And they did make a public statement on their social media pages that no, you know, she wasn't, um, anybody can refer, I guess, someone to them. And then, you know, if you mention their name, they will get a discount of some sort, I guess, on their next stay, their next procedure. So I suppose she was forward thinking, she's planning ahead and what procedures she wanted to do next. But the most interesting thing about it is, you know, she'd said that she was going to come on the show. And we said, no problem. Come and tell your side of the story. I mean, that's how it works. And then at the last minute, she decided not to come. Now, that show was blowing up. You guys will remember this back in 2019. Uh, we were still doing the evening segments. And all y'all were locked were locked on. And everybody's like, where's Eve? Like, you know, the, the bigger questions about her misusing her NAU benefits, because she is a NAU client and she remains an NAU client to this day, I suppose now she will be a client through the jailhouse. So I guess technically she won't be any of you anymore. But, um, you know, everybody's like, how can this woman even afford to go and get cosmetic surgery done when she's lined up at any of you every single week? And it is a legitimate question. Like, we're not trying to be up in y'all business, except when your business includes taking advantage of the system, because that impacts every single one of us. You know, whether you're an NAU client or not, we all fit the bill in some way or another. And I feel like those of us who are not NAU clients, but who are out there paying government fees and paying all this stuff, you know, we're not skirting around like we don't have money for anything. We're the ones really who bear the true cost of people abusing the system. So whether it's a tourism stipend abuse or an NAU abuse, abuse is abuse. And so the questions were being asked, how is it possible? Um, I think I'm going to move this mic down a little bit so it's not too much in the frame. So, yeah, the question was being asked, how is it possible that this woman can be on NAU and affording to go to the DR for cosmetic surgery? Just like we asked the same question, we weren't picking on her back then. We asked the same question of the Cuban guy the other day. How can he be traveling up and down to Cuba, you know, to get, um, what was it, platinum status on Cayman Airways if he's an NAU client and talking about he can't work? Well, clearly you can work because... You are carrying baggages and money and all sorts of stuff to people in Cuba. Um, and that sort of thing. So it's bizarre to think that you are incapable of working and that you have to rely on any of you when you're more than able-bodied. 
people, some people just want to take advantage of the system no matter what is the truth. So anyway, um, after some pressure during that show, she came on very last minute. We actually had to run the show into overtime because she wasn't, she had told us she was going to come on, but then she wasn't going to come. She didn't have her makeup done. Cause remember when she came on the show, she was like fixing her wig and she was trying to get the wig on. So she came back on and um, sorted out her wig and whatever. So she came on the program and essentially what she said at the time was, listen, my husband who's Caymanian and our Caymanian children, they're the ones who are the NAU client, not me. So whatever money I have and however I want to live, if I want to party every weekend, do X, Y, Z, whatever, that's my business. Uh, it has nothing to do with any of you. Well, y'all know that technically that doesn't make any sense because any of you looks at the family. So her desire to not work and all this puts pressure on the husband and the entire family. And that's why they need the extra help. I mean, if she could actually find a job, keep a job and work and whatever, and not spend her money frivolously on, on tailored clothes every weekend to go, go out and floss, um, she probably wouldn't need any. So of course that makes no sense, but that was what she told us um, at that time, that the government has an obligation and the government by extension means we the people have an obligation to maintain her children and her husband because they're the Caymanians. Anyway, you know, she's the type of person, um, she reminds me of a certain male. Um, I want y'all to think really hard about who I got convicted for being in court for. I'm not going to mention his name, but y'all know who I'm talking about, who likes to live a certain life on social media. So these people pretend to be something that they are not. And I want to talk about this now because in light of the conviction, this is actually quite important, right? So when people pretend to be able to floss and get tailored suits every weekend, and, um, you know, can dress up and get hair by the pound. And it's not cheap to go out every weekend. I don't know about y'all. How many y'all go out every weekend? If you go out, say, every Friday, what do you spend when you go out between drinks? Uh, some of these event events have a cover charge. Like if you're doing a boat cruise, you're paying the cover for that. So say $25, $30. This money adds up. <laughs> Good morning, Scott. Morning, Carmelie. So the money really, really starts to add up. And I think if you sit down and look at how much you're spending on makeup and hair and nails and shoes and, you know, a lot of times they don't want to wear the same outfit twice. So even if you say, well, the outfit's only, I don't know, I don't know what outfits go for, but uh, say the outfit is, is $40, $50 um, per outfit. And you're not necessarily trying to recycle outfits because everywhere you go, there's a camera person. Um, and you got to be looking a certain way and you can't be seen to be wearing the same clothes. And I mean, it's, it's a lifestyle that is very, very difficult for most people to maintain. And you know what the irony of it is, is the people who could afford to maintain it are not the ones who are interested in maintaining it. They could care less. They're like, mm, I don't care about that kind of lifestyle. So, um, unfortunately for her, the reason why I mentioned this is because this actually becomes, um, really, really an important point yet again, is her desire to have this lifestyle has actually led to her demise. And those of you who are constantly defending her, who are saying, oh, you know, Sandy has an issue with this woman and Sandy's setting her up. She's blamed. She's taken no accountability for this robbery. To this day, I don't know who's posting on social media on her behalf or if she's got a special ticket in jail where she can post online. 
But up until yesterday, this woman is still blaming me and Carmely, apparently, for why she's incarcerated. I mean, it blows my mind. You know, during the trial, one of the lawyers, I'm not going to mention which one, uh, I was having a chat with, because oftentimes I speak to lawyers, you know, during these trials. I was speaking to a lawyer um, after the, the trial. This was back last year. And that particular lawyer said he's never seen anyone as delusional as this woman. He said, honest to God, he said, I actually believe that she believes what she's saying. Like there is something wrong here. And I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like, no, I, I think, I think she believes what she's saying. I mean, the lies were shocking. But let me tell you how, uh, and we couldn't discuss the case, you know, while it was ongoing, although it was a judge alone, so it wasn't like we would be tampering with the jury or anything, but I decided to err on extreme, the extreme side of caution. But this is what she would do. She would be testifying, right? And she would do the following. So she would start to say, um, the prosecution would ask her a question in cross-examination. She would do this. So before she answered the question, she had to really think about it. And then she would start mouthing to herself what the answer was supposed to be, as though she had to prepare herself to actually answer the question. Now, you guys know that anyone who, like if somebody asks you the question and you have an answer and it's the truth, you don't have to really think about it that hard. You don't have to be like, And that's exactly what, I mean, I've never seen, listen, I've sat through quite a number of trials now and I've seen all kinds of criminals left, right and center, hardcore, some not hardcore, whatever. And I have never in my life seen a defendant um, do that sort of thing, right? Where they're sitting there like mouthing the response, not, not speaking it out loud yet, but actually like, and, and the judge was looking, I was looking, the prosecution was looking, the defense attorneys, because they each had their own defense attorney. We're all looking like, what the hell is this? This is weird. And it was really weird. And so she, the gist of it is this. Once she's sentenced, we should have at some point the reasons why the judge found her guilty. And trust me, there was, there was a lot. But when she, when the police arrested her, and they arrested her for a number of different reasons, right? Uh, number one, they had CCTV footage. Thank you, Jesus. CCTV footage actually finally comes in handy. So they actually had CCTV footage that put, this is how they first knew um, that she was a suspect. They had CCTV footage that put her in the area of the robbery. And uh, the police then, you know, did their preliminary investigations and they contacted her. And they were like, you know, where were you on such and such a date, whatever. She pretends like this is what she told them. And I, what, what they do in court is this. So I want you all to understand how this works. They will show, the prosecution will show the police interview. Okay, so they show that and enter that into evidence. Then if the defendant decides to take the stand, which some defendants don't, then they will have an opportunity to cross-examine um, after the, the defense, because, you know, the defendant's choice, if they want to take the stand, the defense puts on their case first and they give their version of what happened. So her lawyer got on there and um, put forward her case. Then the prosecution comes and says, right. 
if there were any inconsistencies between your police interview and what you're now saying on the stand, you have to be able to explain those inconsistencies. And there was a plethora, I mean, a whole bag, basket full of inconsistencies, and she couldn't explain any of them. Let me give you an example. First of all, she lied about ever going out that night. She said she never went out that night. This is what she said to the police when they initially arrested her. She said that she never went out that night. And in fact, um, it would not have stood out in her mind because when they said, like, where were you on um, whatever the date of the robbery was? I can't remember now. In 2020, she's like, why would I know where I was that night? That, that night doesn't stand out in my head as anything um, significant. This is what she actually said to the police during her interview, right? And um, she says, I would be where I am every Friday night at home with my kids. Now, if you're going to tell a lie, at least try to make it believable. Now, y'all know that this is not a woman who stayed home with no kids. I mean, I don't care if you're her friend, if you're her best friend, if you're her bosom buddy, if you're her sister, whatever. Let's just be honest here. This is a woman who does not stay home on a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday with her kids. So that alone was like, really? That's going to be your story when you're all over social media out every single night, especially weekends. And she wants to claim that she's the type of person who stays home every Friday. This is what she said to the police. I'm where I am every Friday night. I'm at home with my kids. Okay. So the police were like, okay. So um, what car do you drive? Oh, I can't remember. So a lot of her responses were she couldn't remember. No comment or something like what she just said, like, oh, no, I was home with my kids. So they start to pull out CCTV footage. They actually had footage of her at Foster's in West Bay. And they're like, okay, you were at Foster's in West Bay. Well, this certainly looks like you. Check out the outfit. Check out the clothes. Um, Nope, nope, that wasn't me. Hmm. Then they come back. Well, we have you using an NAU card which we have traced to your husband. At this register, at this time, you use an NAU card to purchase goods. So you sure that wasn't you? Then she realizes, oh shit, I'm caught now because you can't argue with a register receipt and a timestamp and a CCTV footage and an NAU card. So then at some point she admitted that, yes, she did go to the grocery store, but then she went right back home. At the grocery store, she made several transactions, separate transactions. She went and used her NAU card first, bought um, stuff for the baby, uh, bought some feminine products for herself and whatever else. Then she goes back in and she buys some black gloves. And they said, this is you purchasing those black gloves? Of, of, Of course, at first she wasn't even there. And then the storyline went from, okay, I wasn't there to, yes, I was there. Yeah, that was me. Yep. Okay, I see myself on CCTV in Foster's Food Fair shopping. Didn't pay um, with the NAU card for those items. So they're like, what are you buying uh, two pairs of black gloves for? And man, the excuses for that. Oh, I work out. It could be gardening. She gave a whole long list of excuses in court as to what she purchases black gloves for. And it was really bizarre to me because... I'm thinking if I go to the store that night and I purchased two pairs of black gloves, I would have had probably a very specific use for those. And she could never say what that specific use was. She was just all over the map. She was like, well, I bleach. 
So sometimes I use these gloves for bleaching. By the way, they're not the kind of gloves that you'd use for bleaching. Like you would use the latex gloves, right? I mean, I don't bleach, but I'm just saying, <laughs> logical. Because sometimes I put on like makeup or whatever and I don't want to get my hands messed up. You would use like the latex gloves. You wouldn't use black gloves that are like thick for gardening and whatever. And then she claims that they can be used for weightlifting. Um, so sometimes she works out and she lifts weights with these gloves on. They're used for gardening, like she gardens. It was just a long list of things. And the prosecution was like, well, we're not asking you what they can be used for. We're asking you specifically, what did you use them for? Well, I use them for all of these things, she says. Okay. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the storyline and the lies just continue. Um, another big lie then was, you know, where did you go afterwards? Well, she claims that she went home afterwards. So the police said, okay, then help us understand if you went home afterwards, how would you go from Foster's? Where were you living at the time? And what is the route that you would take to get home? So she was like, well, I could take more than one route. Okay. Well, tell us how, what, how you got home. You went, we saw you turn this way. We saw you make um, a right-hand turn coming out of Foster's Republic in West Bay. Your home is in the heart of West Bay. So explain to us why you would go this way to get home. Longer, longer route, more convoluted route, make it, have it make sense. She couldn't make it, she couldn't. Cause how do you explain that, right? So by the time she shows up in court, she has gone from consistently telling the police in her police interview that she doesn't recall a lot of details from that night because that night was of no significance to her. And she even went as far as saying, oh, I know you guys are trying to trip this, trip me up. You think you're smart, but I'm telling you that night, it wasn't my son's birthday. It wasn't anything that would stand out. So why would I remember these details? Which is actually a fair point if it was the truth. Then when she shows up on the stand, she has a completely new story about how her friend had a party that night that she had to cook for. And so the party was at a Kimpton beach, which she was never able to identify where this beach was and how she got there, but she kept referring it, referring to it as the Kimpton beach. So I went to beach um, by the Kimpton. The judge said, how do you get there? What path do you take? She couldn't say any of that. Because remember now during a trial, a judge can clarify some points that are unclear to them. And so they can put questions to uh, witnesses and stuff as well. And the judge asked her, well, what path did you take to get to this Kimpton Beach? And she couldn't answer the question. She's like, it's just by the Kimpton. And the judge is like, okay, this is not a Caymanian judge, by the way. This is a judge from the Jamaican um, Appeals Court. So the judge said, well, explain to me as someone who does not you know, reside in the Cayman Islands. Tell me how you got there. What path did you take? couldn't explain it to save her life, right? But she recognized now that they had CCTV footage up until the Kimpton that caught that license plate. She owned the vehicle. She'd got it from her friend, um, Vicky McGaw. And so there was this whole story about how she got the vehicle. The vehicle still hadn't been transferred in her name yet because she doesn't really follow any laws. Um, and this whole thing. But now she can remember all these details. Oh, I remember I went to the beach that night. I was wearing this outfit. I was wearing that. I cooked for the events because I'm a professional chef by training. This is what she told the court now on the sand. And this was on the menu and that was on the menu and did it. And the judges, everybody in the courthouse, like, hold on. And the prosecution made this point. So you mean to tell us a week after you were picked up by the police, 
You say that that night stood out for no reason in your mind because it was not even a significant night, right? Nothing happened that night that was extraordinary. Now, a year plus later, you expect to sit on the stand and tell us that you remember so much detail about that night that you catered a party. Here's what was on the menu is for your friend's birthday and who was, who was at the party. All this stuff, you can remember all this time later? Like it made absolutely no sense. It was just crazy. And so, you know, it's just one of those things where it became very, very obvious that the lies were tripping her up. Another big lie is that she did not know the defendant, the other, her co-defendant, Mr. Um, what's his name? Um, oh gosh, Nash, Richard Nash. So apparently he's Richard Nash and his dad is also Richard Nash, but they have different middle names, right? So she says now that she doesn't know him. And this was a very confusing part of the trial, must tell you. Even my brain was like, couldn't, couldn't process what the hell she was trying to say. So you sure you don't know Mr. Nash? Nope. Okay, well, you got in an accident with a Mr. Nash at this point in time. You see him at parties. Uh, you're communicating with him on WhatsApp and Facebook and da-da-da-da. She didn't know how good the police could be with all the forensic evidence, right? I must say, the police really had this case together. And then she goes from not knowing him to using him as a potential alibi that night to say, oh yeah, he came in the area to give me documents because I was trying to get him sorted out with a work permit. I was going to put in a work permit for him. So he came to drop off immigration documents at the party. But you didn't know him? Well, I don't know him, know him. I just kind of, I know of him. And so this is one of the things that she repeatedly said in her testimony, so much so that the poor judge was like, can you explain what do you mean that you know of him, but you don't know him? Like, what does that mean? Well, I know him, like to see him out. I know who he is because his father was my tailor, but I don't know him. So you're going to take out a work permit for this guy that you claim that you don't even know? Yes, yes, because that's what we do as Jamaicans. We help each other out. This is what she was saying in the stand. Okay. So you don't remember having an accident where he was involved in the accident? You haven't seen him at the tailor shop that you spent so much time in because she's like, oh, she knew the father very, very well, but didn't know the son. Uh, what number is this? He goes by some sicka boss or sicka something, num some other name. You know, most Jamaicans have more than one name, I hate to tell you. But he had some other name that he went by, and um, she's like, nope, don't know him. But yet there was correspondence between the two of them that proved that they knew each other, including social media correspondence. And then uh, can't, uh, the phone, all the phone monitoring put him in the area. He never took the stand, by the way. He never testified. And they all, up until Friday, they were still maintaining their innocence. He's like, oh, I've been set up. I didn't do it. But he wouldn't take the stand and explain how, if, if this wasn't you, why was your phone in the area? And your co-accused actually said you were in the area. She is the one who said you were at the Kimpton dropping off immigration documents to her. So if you weren't there, why would she be saying that you were there? You see, they were they're not the brightest criminals, I must tell you. 
So yeah, it was a bag of mix-up. And what I want to say is this, right? There's so much more to this trial in terms of evidence. I mean, they had a lot of evidence. The motive for the thing is, once again, this young lady was living above her means. And what that means is she was always borrowing money from other people. So it was bad enough that she was an NAU going to get cosmetic procedures done and whatever, but she was always borrowing money from other people. She had, she had borrowed money from this other young lady and couldn't pay it back. And what she did when she borrowed the money, she put up her family vehicle as collateral. And that day the woman was messaging her up until the night, like during the robbery, she's messaging her, where is my money? Today was the deadline. If you don't have my money, I'm going to come and confiscate the car. So she was under pressure to find like 800 and something dollars to pay this woman back, or she was going to take the car back from her. And so the pressure was on. So somewhere along the line, she thought it was a good idea to rob her employer. And the person did have inside a little bit of inside, inside knowledge and understanding of where the safe was, who was going to be there and all sorts of stuff that it was like, you expect this to have been a total stranger. There was a second robber as well that unfortunately got away and ran back to Jamaica. So they were not able to charge him until he already had left. And then they realized that, whoa, that was the man that we were looking for. He, he had been picked up for overstaying and they basically deported him without realizing he was wanted for a much more serious offense. So she told one bag explanation to try and excuse her way out of it. Now, this is what I want you guys to know. I sat through the beginning of one trial. It was then vacated because she claimed that because of our coverage, we were prejudicing the jury. She was very difficult to deal with as far as her lawyer. She changed lawyers a couple of times. Then the, um, the second lawyer comes back and she wants to do a judge alone trial. I think either way she would have gotten convicted, trust me. So she did her judge alone trial. And one of the young ladies who was there at the time of the robbery was so traumatized by this. I swear the woman is suffering from PTSD, not a word of lie. This is not something to take lightly. And this is what concerns me about people who are still supporting her and believing that she was set up and believing all these lies, right? And, oh, you made a mistake. We've all made mistakes. Cut, cut the BS. Seriously, y'all need to stop. Being robbed at gunpoint, pistol whipped, assaulted, threatened with your life, made to get down on the floor and told that you're going to die. You could be shot in the head. This is not funny in any way, shape, or form. And that's why I don't take kindly to people who try to defend foolishness all the time. Wrong is wrong and right is right. There's no gray area here. This woman is so traumatized to this day, folks, that honestly, oh yes, Jamelia, thank you for, like I said, there's so much evidence here. She actually had photos of the location. So she'd taken photos of the store and of the safe and all sorts of stuff. And then when she was asked, why did you take these photos? Her explanation was something like, um, she was trying to tell someone how to find her at work to give her a ride or so something stupid that made no sense at all. It was like, huh? 
why would you need to take pictures of like where the safe is and inside the, like where the register is? And it's like, what? So yeah, she'd actually cased out the location. She'd worked there because she worked at the different locations when she worked at Tortuga, but she'd actually taken photos and sent them to um, the robbers. But then she claimed some weird excuses to why she had taken these photos that made no sense. It was very bizarre. There was, there was a lot of evidence. I mean, listen, it was like, what? So after she robbed it, all of a sudden she could find money to pay off that debt, by the way. And then she tried to quick time sell the car um, and then pretend like she didn't even have the car. She threw multiple people under the bus, including one guy who he had bought the car from her. And then she was trying to say that um, the two of them were in some kind of a relationship. This dude was like, please, I'm not in a relationship with this woman. I bought the car. The car had all kinds of issues. She sold me a lemon. Um, it had engine issues. It had this, it had that. You know, so she tried to offload um, part of the evidence is what she thought by selling the vehicle to some unknowing suspect and then try to change up the date of when she supposedly sold it to him to essentially throw him under the bus and then claim that, oh, he had liked her and he was messaging her to be with her. It was like, what? The guy was like, no. And then she said how, oh, that night when she went to the beach, this is how she's blaming somebody else. Someone else came, the same guy now, she's saying she was checking, which I don't know how her husband accepts that kind of foolishness, but uh, all fabricated just to try and make up an excuse. He came and borrowed the car from her and didn't return it until God knows when. And then her friend Vicky McGaw gets on the stand and lies because she had one original story that she told police and her statement. Then she lied and changed that up to say that... Um, you know, she had texted her to say, uh, basically tell so-and-so to meet me at Governor's Beach, which is right across from the robbery location. And she's like, no, well, she just met further up or so some mix-up story. So Vicky McGon now was in the mix lying for her. And the judge actually said on Friday that this woman lied to try to help her friend. I'm thinking, is anybody going to charge her with perjury? Because lying on the stand to cover up a crime should be a very serious offense. The foolishness that goes on in this country at times really boggles my mind. I, I'm flabbergasted by it, to be quite frank. And I'm more flabbergasted when people in the community try to support this narrative and support people like this. So the woman who was pistol whooped and, you know, whatever, she's now suffering from PTSD. Every time she has to talk about this, the woman legit bursts out in tears, starts crying. And becomes, she starts shaking uncontrollably. And I'm like, has anybody gotten this poor woman some therapy? Because she needs it. She is, you talk about PTSD, it's a real thing. And without a doubt, this woman is still traumatized all this time later. And she demonstrated that on the stand. So the whole thing, it was almost an open and shut case that the police had overwhelming Yes, it's all circumstantial in a way, but believe me when I tell you, it was a lot of evidence against her and her co-accused. They tried to say, oh, the robbers spoke with a Caymanian accent. Well, when you're in that kind of a trauma, you probably are not really paying attention that well. Plus it was a Filipino saying it was a Caymanian accent, I'm just saying. But you probably did not hear all that well in terms of an accent. 
They found similar clothing to what he was wearing that night at his place. He also claimed that he did not know Eve. Um, he claimed that the number that the police got for him, he, he didn't know that number, so he didn't know his own number. But the police were unequivocally able to trace that number back to him because that number put him in the different locations, showed him coming from prospect traveling, right? When the police asked him that night, were you in Governor Square? He said, what, what, what would I be doing there? I don't have no business over there. So he basically said no. And then your co-accused puts you at the beach. It was like, what? Anyway, the judge saw right through it, bless her little heart, uh, convicted them both on Friday. They wanted bail. Funny enough, they um, during the proceedings, all of a sudden he has to go to the bathroom and the judge had to take a break for him to have a comfort break, as they call it, and go to the bathroom. And the police were like, yeah, you're going to have to be escorted because now you're pretty much going to be in custody here in a minute because everybody could see from the very beginning of her reading. By the way, it's a 52-page judgment. And she said that she wasn't going to read the whole 52 pages because they'd be there all day. But it really shows you that this was a judge who took her time with all of the evidence that was presented to her and really went through it with a fine tooth comb and drew her conclusions from each and every little piece. So she read the summary of her judgment. And after he came back from his comfort break, he was escorted, like I said, by a detective. After he came back, um, you know, the entire time during the verdict, she was on her phone. She was messaging, 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 messaging on her phone. Like never once did she even have the courtesy to look up at the judge who was joining by video link. The entire time she was on her phone, I must say from the perspective of the court administrators, I've never seen a defendant. They had no bailiff in there, but they had the police there and they had detectives in there. I've never seen a defendant or anybody else in the courthouse permitted to be on their phone like that ever. in all the years that I've been going to court now covering court cases for CMR, it is not, I'm telling you, Sometimes I briefly look at my phone to read a message and they'll be like, Miss Sandy, put your phone down because they'll haul you down in lockup for being on your phone. And she was on her phone the entire time. She was actually posting on Facebook that she is innocent. Even as the, even as the judge was saying that she's verdict, she, that she's guilty. It was astonishing. And then she got up and she tried to leave the courtroom, and they're like, no, your bail has been revoked. You don't get to leave. Now you get put in handcuffs. They handcuffed her right there in court, child. Just completely delusional. And so her attorney, as well as the other defendant's attorney, was arguing that they should be granted bail because, oh, you know, they've been out all this time. There's not been any issues. By the way, what they couldn't really tell the judge is this guy, her co-accused, was wearing an ankle bracelet for another case, right? Because since then, since being on bail for this robbery, he's committed an assault that he now has other bail conditions for, and he's wearing an ankle bracelet. You go figure. It's unbelievable. Somebody said the father, his father was deported, I heard. And then allegedly his brother is also in court for some other mess. That's a whole family affair with them, a bunch of criminals. So the judge listened. Um, she's a very interesting, she does something I think that's very interesting. Like when she's listening, she's making her notes and she's writing and uh, they're giving their arguments as to why they should be, they should remain on bail. Or, you know, she's got to arrange her affairs. The judge is like, 
yes. And she's writing and she says, yes. So she just says, yes. Doesn't mean she's agreeing with you. It means that she's written down what you're saying. Yes. Yes. And then she said, no, bail revoked. She said, listen, this is a very serious, because then the prosecution got him and said, no, 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 you need to take them into custody. And the judge agreed with the prosecution. This is a very serious offense. She's looking at anywhere from nine to 12 years, because this is an armed robbery where people were assaulted and lives threatened. And throughout the entire time, this is not a woman who would come to her senses and say, okay, I fess up. I did it. Throw yourself on the mercy of the court. Sometimes you have to do that. You know, if you're, if you're, listen, you just say, I'm sorry, your honor. I made a poor choice in life. Forgive me. Cause then you get, a, you get a deduction. I think it's a, is it one third? But you get a percentage off an early uh, guilty plea. So she's not even going to get that. And then on top of that, let me just tell you what she's been doing since then. For whatever reason, she's been on Facebook. Now, I, like I said, I don't know if it's her or somebody else that writes just like her that is posting all this foolishness, blaming CMR for her conviction. I'm just like, hold on a second. I didn't even know the woman worked her to first of all. But we're to blame how we put a gun to her head and told her to go and rob Tortuga and be the getaway driver and to mastermind because she was the mastermind. It's not just about her being the getaway driver. She is the one who came up with the idea. She worked there. She took the photos of the inside. She found she recruited the men to do the job. Thank God she didn't recruit her husband because now the poor children would have nobody. It's a really sad situation for those poor children. And I get that if this is your friend, maybe you feel sorry for her. But why are you feeling sorry for her? She didn't make a mistake. She made decisions, calculated decisions. Now, I don't know how well she thought it through because she also made a lot of mistakes. So she might just not be all that bright. But this took a degree of planning legit planning to find individuals to carry this out, Commu being in a communications with them, sending them the photos that you've taken of the location, setting up your employees. This is the time you carry out the robbery because this is when they're going to be closing up and counting the cash and all this sort of stuff. This took a lot of planning, folks. So when people say, oh, she made a mistake, I'm like, no, this isn't a mistake. You know, sometimes you make a poor decision in the spur of the moment. Like you grab somebody's wallet, but you weren't really planning it. You're like, oh man, what did I do that for? Even that is a very different situation than this. This was a cold, calculated robbery and a hardcore robbery at that where people were in fear of their lives and pistol whipped. So a lot of these fake accounts were online trying to troll people. You guys saw my response on Saturday to one of the ladies, Dean Remington, whatever that fake name is, trying to troll people, talking foolishness about how I'm not reporting that my sister is in court for theft. Well, first of all, if my sister was in court for theft, and certainly if it came to our attention, we would be the first to report it. Nobody else would probably be reporting it. And I keep saying this time and time again, here on CMR, we operate without fear or favor. Y'all know what that saying means? We're not afraid of nobody. 
we put out the news, we try for it to be as accurate as possible, and we're not showing any favoritism to anybody either. So sister, brother, mother, cousin, if you get yourself mixed up in foolishness and you end up on the news, nieces, nephews, you're going to be reported same way as they have already. Some of my siblings have been on the on CMR and not in a good way. Nieces and nephews have been on CMR and not in a good way. Cousins, I can't remember if any cousins, probably, because I probably don't know them all. And it doesn't matter. If you get yourself mixed up in something, then it is what it is. Now, as it turns out, this Dean Remington person, which by the way, not for nothing, but apparently they this Dean, uh, Dean Remington person likes to um, lie in people because she had posted something earlier from the perspective um, of, uh, what's it what's it called? Um, when the young man there in Jamaica died the other day, she had gone and posted something about his wife as well. So there seems to be someone in that group, some fake account that they've set up. And, you know, all they want to do is to just throw stuff out there, lying on people to try to take away um, the responsibility of where it should really lie. So here's, here's one of the fake accounts. Anonymous person says, listen, it's quite obvious you have it out for her. You talk about her every day. You see, anonymous person, this is where you have absolutely no sense. When was the last time you talked about Eve? We talk about her when either she's in court and we have to provide people with an update, right? Which we did on Friday. So we covered that story, just like other media, by the way, the compass was there. Uh, Wendy wasn't there. Wendy doesn't cover as many cases as she used to anymore. And the compass was there to get the footage of her leaving the actual courthouse we put in the car as well. I think they might have missed it, though. I think Andrea walked away before she came out. And so we cover that. When she starts posting stuff, like I said, just like our other little male friend, they live this fake life and they want to post these lies. It is newsworthy that someone is posting on their social media account, allegedly, who's supposed to be incarcerated. And not only are they posting while supposedly incarcerated, but they're also... Once again, trying to say that somebody else is to blame. Now, if this girl had any sense whatsoever, I don't know if it's her, like I said, or if she has somebody else set up her account. But if she had any sense whatsoever, she would know that the prosecution is sitting there watching her social media pages. Now they will have the screenshots of all of this to take to the judge and say, not only is this person showed no remorse up to the trial, after the trial, but look, even after the verdict, she continues to try to blame other people and tries to put it on somebody else when it has nothing to do with anybody else. This is a person who, in the face of everything, refuses to admit her part in this very serious offense. Her lawyers have instructed her, woman, stay off of social media. The previous judge... Judge Cheryl Richards also gave her that advice during the first trial. Stay off of social media. Because she wants the cuss that we're covering her, but yet she is the one who's putting herself out there in the news. Of course, people are going to cover you 
in the news if you're posting why you're supposed to be locked up and in jail. That is newsworthy. And she's not the first person that we've covered and said, hold on a second. If this person is in jail, how are they posting on social media? Because prisoners are not supposed to have social media access. And we've heard the prison address this issue before when it was found out that prisoners had social media access and they had to lock it down. So anonymous person, you can come in here and be an anonymous person all you want because at the end of the day, right? Only a fool like Eve, only a criminal like Eve, only a liar like Eve could be trying to make this about me. This has nothing to do with me. So she's trying to gain the sympathy of a few simple people about how um, I am harassing her. Well, y'all need to look at what the evidence actually demonstrates. The evidence shows the opposite. You see this case right here? This is her for another case again, where she is being charged with multiple counts of harassing me. <laughs> Isn't it ironic? So I'm harassing her, she claims, and she wants to blame um, all this stuff on me. Well, she's tried her best to uh, get the police to investigate me. She's made a complaint, like any person is permitted to. And the police have obviously found no merit to her complaint whatsoever. Isn't that ironic? I have made a complaint, and they have found merit to mine, quite interestingly enough. And now she is facing, let me see how many offenses. It is uh, misuse of ICT, March of 22nd. And there's two separate offenses on April the 30th. That's what that document says. So you all can, you know, give her all of the um sympathy you want but i can tell you one thing for sure let the facts speak for themselves and the facts are that she is in court for harassing me not the other way around we report on her so here's here are the charges now the i didn't know that she was actually in court for this on on the same day on friday because the prosecution never told me anything about it. Um, the police mentioned some months back that the prosecution said they would be charging her. But of course, they don't tell me. I don't know if I'm going to have to testify at some point in relation to that or whatever, how this works. But, you know, at the end of the day, folks, this woman in her head wants to buy into this narrative because she thinks that this deflects from what she's been doing that, oh, we're harassing her. Here, here's what she says. She has no ill feelings towards the judge because any judge would have come to the same result if they were given fabricated circumstantial evidence. Wow. Well, I would say if any judge would come to the same conclusion, maybe you need to consider the fact that none of it was fabricated and none of it was circumstantial. And again, she reverts back to blaming me, to apparently blaming Carmelie, which I don't know what Carmelie has to do with this. Carmelie, you need to tell us how you set this woman up because you must be a miracle worker to be able to do that. 
about every picture she posted with me is in the case file. What? What is she talking about? Every lie that she tells on her podcast was given to the judge. In other words, but the investigators, what is she talking about? Folks, the judge heard evidence, CCTV footage, which we knew nothing about. The judge had phone calls, which we knew nothing about. Nothing was mentioned. And in fact, at one point in her testimony, the judge had to stop her because she tried to interject us into it. And the judge didn't even know what she was talking about. She's like, oh, yes, that woman over there. And the judge was like, what woman? Who are you talking about? And when the prosecution said, you know, she's talking about the reporter here. And the judge said, no, 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 no. Listen, that has nothing to do with this. You speak and answer the questions that are being asked of you and nothing else. So the judge stopped her from trying to bring us into the discourse because we have nothing to do with it. I don't know what file she's talking about, but I can tell you, I sat there and heard the evidence and absolutely nothing was brought up about CMR. So here she is again. Because we've reported on the, as this trial progressed, we reported on the different ins and outs of the trial. She's saying, oh, because we did all this reporting. This shows that, you know, somehow she was set up. I'm like, really? What is she talking about? My case was tried in front of the whole world. Uh, not really. And I was found guilty years ago on the internet and convicted years ago on the internet. What? The judge does not read Cayman Mall Road. Folks, let me assure you. Most of the time, these judges are like, who? Cayman Mall, who? This is not a Caymanian judge. She don't live here. She don't read that kind of stuff. Most of them have no social media presence whatsoever. They don't get in the fray. They don't get in the mix-up. And her, in her 52-page judgment, she will tell you exactly why she came to the conclusions that she came to. Now, some people are trying to give her good advice, and I would suggest whoever is posting on her behalf, they take this advice because you're not helping Eve. So Andrea says, baby girl, I'm saying this with love. Stay off the internet for now. Isn't it funny? You're supposed to be in jail and people are having to tell you to stay off the internet. And if it's someone else using her page, please stop it because it's not making her look good. I've known you for years. And the thing I love about you is that you're always the person in your own shadow and walked with pride and never let what people say get to your head because it can't be easy for you. Especially when she's the one who's putting this narrative out there, right? She's putting everything out there. She goes on to say that she's a damn good mother. Well, that might be debatable because a damn good mother, I'm sorry, would have been thinking about their children at a moment like, oh, let me plan this robbery. My first thought would be like, okay, I'm desperate for money. Somehow I got it in my head to plan a robbery. How is this going to impact the people around me? Oh my God, my kids. No, 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 I can't do this. My poor husband just lost his job at A.L. Thompson's because of me. Finally kind of getting back on his feet. Why on earth? How could you be a damn good mother? Going out every weekend, flossing and partying, and then put your entire lifestyle on, on you know, your entire life, the lives of your children on the line. 
we're not even going to get into how every weekend after she got charged and whatever, she was breaching her bail conditions because she was supposed to be home by mid by 10 o'clock, sorry. And she was out partying and people taking photos of her and sending it to the police. The police did nothing about her breaking her bail conditions. They were like, her day soon come. I'm telling y'all, these are facts. And the people who listen to this program right now can tell you. They were messaging the police and sending the video footages of her out partying with the timestamp on such and such a date. Five, six times she breached her bail conditions. Now, if that was me or you, we would have been locked up, but not Eve. So she got a lot of consideration given what she's been up to. Those of you who actually care about her and her children, there's another person here who uh, made another comment about her um, that she should now stay off of social media. So Tamara says, um, even as a cis and someone I know, I can give a word of advice. Not sure how you will take it. It is kind of time now you stop. You're not making yourself look good. What has happened, happened. You're on social media, putting up all kinds of stuff, not helping you. Take a step back, look into yourself and rebrand. At some point, you're the one looking like a sociopath. Please just relax and think. And a few people said, finally, you have sense. And she said, I had sense a long time. I just chose not to comment because, of course, the type of person she is, if you comment against her, you'll be in the, in the line of fire next. Let's read some of your comments about this mix-up situation. Cameron says that once you start a lie, there's no turning back. Debbie says, uh, menace to society, deport. I don't know how hard it's going to be to, or how easy, I should say, it will be to deport her because of now, of course, she has these Cayman and children. And, you know, her poor husband, I feel sorry for him. He came after the verdict, um, after she was in lockup. And um, I don't think that they really allowed her to, um, I think he was able to talk to her through the door sort of thing. He was not there. He probably had to work. He wasn't there during the verdict. And in a way, I feel sorry for him because I don't really know him, but I'm told that he really feels like she was someone who had his back no matter what sort of a thing. And so maybe he's had a bit of a rough life himself and this was the best that he could do. And so, you know, it's it's challenging uh, when you have a spouse that is committing crimes and puts you and your family in jeopardy. Because I'm sure he sees a different side of her you know, she cooks for him and she does stuff for the family. But he's like, this is the, the woman of, of my dreams in a way. So now I feel sorry for him because he's going to have to raise these children alone. And this is where I wanted to say um, to her friends, um, KK says the same ones who are defending her would do the same thing. That's disgusting. And I said what I said. I don't care. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for a little bit over $2,000. So the sad thing now is he's going to have to, as a single father, raise these children on his own. And, you know, this can't be easy for anybody. But those of you who are always out there flossing with her in the streets and trying to give her advice and encouraging her into her foolishness, because, again, if she was not trying to live this lifestyle that she couldn't afford, Right, Half the time, the woman not working. She's being evicted from her homes, even as an NAU client, 
because the rent still isn't getting paid. So y'all encouraged her a lot. I hope you guys now step up to the plate and help with these children. Because this husband, this man, Markel, is going to need your help. And in all seriousness, those are Caymanian children who will be either the successes or problem children of five, 10 years from now. So might I suggest y'all step up to the plate, stop flossing every weekend, take a little bit of that budget and help Markel raise these children. I'm dead serious. Y'all want to like and comment on her social media posts and give her right? Talking about she's made a mistake? Well, okay. You call it a mistake. Please, by all means, go and help those children now because they're going to need it. They're going to need motherly assistance. They're going to need somebody to help pick them up and drop them off from schools because the father can't do it. Jamelia says, oh, he loves his Clarks. Oh, yeah, that was another thing. He was wearing Clarks during the robbery and during the trial. And Janetta says, what a privilege. Makes you wonder. It really was unbelievable that she was on the phone the entire time and absolutely nothing was done. But you know what? What was that saying? What's good for, um, uh, what's that saying? Not, not, not the one about what's good for the calf, but good for the, there's, there's another one that I'm thinking of. Not good for the goose, good for the gander. There's another one. About not every, oh Lord, what's that saying? Not every, something about suck. Not everything can suck, but you know, like in other words, there's different rules for different people, apparently. I don't know. Happy midterm break, Perla. Cornelius says, I'm happy justice is served, all for the greed of money. And you know, even after this woman was arrested, she was trying to claim that we fabricated an email from her boss, her former boss at Tortuga. Bless his, his soul. May he rest in peace. But I can tell you that um, Mr. Hamity himself, who I spoke to um, after this incident, was really, really hurt that she would do this to him because he's like, listen, we hire a lot of people who are not always at the top of the list in terms of um, getting hired. Right. They have very low skill sets and, you know, they have a dismal track record, always getting fired from every place that they go. And we take a chance on them because they come in there talking about their Caymanians with Caymanian children. So they take a chance. And then this is what happens when they take a chance. And he, he sent out an email himself to all of his staff saying that they had CCTV footage. The police had just made the arrest and he was very, very disappointed. And he wanted to advise staff that, you know, if you do this sort of thing, we will pursue you as the aggrieved company. We will pursue you to the ends of the law to send a very clear message that you cannot do this. Now, she claimed at the time that that email that Mr. Hamity sent out to all staff was somehow sent by us. Like the woman is like, I'm going to be done talking about her in a second. And the only other thing we will report for folks is when she's sentenced so that you guys know how it ends. But for those of you who honestly believe that we're obsessed with her, you need to see how she has tried to bring us in to her mixed up bag of lies and blame us for everything. 
from day one. And of course, I'm going to respond to that nonsense. Because some of y'all might be fool enough to believe her. Sari says, how in the world we manage to keep people like this um, man in Cayman? Well, my dear, you, you're so in here. He got some Caymanian knocked up and married. And then that's the end of that story. Even after 10 years in jail, he'd be walking around here like nobody's business. Good morning, Miss Louisa. Marshall says, when you live a ghetto fabulous life, you would do anything to keep it up. And that includes stealing. Cameron says, next for you, Sandy, is a CMR movie production studio. Oh, heck no. You have the material to work with now. Boy, I tell you, it's a mess. Um, Pearl is asking for Jared. Jared has been busy focusing on work and school and his business. Good morning, Lorna. I know it's all shocking, to be honest. Hi, Miss Ethel. Um, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And hopefully the audio is much better than it was because we really leveled up here and our entire audio setup. Um, do you know that's who Caymanian, how Caymanians work? They're never on the exact date of events or anything at all. Uh, Lorna says, asking for a friend, me, laughing, I swear you miss your calling for the bar. <laughs> Please consider it. You're doing an awesome job. And I think Kiman needs to give you an award for the extraordinary, excellent job you're doing to keep the little island in touch with the latest and important information as well as concrete info. Yes. Well, you know what? Uh, you're right where you're supposed to be in life, folks. So um, I'm Okay. Uh, I was actually talking, funny enough, just a couple of days ago in court, I was speaking to another lawyer about this. And she's like, you know, you would actually have made a really good lawyer. And I said, well, you never say never in life and you never know where life is going to take you. And so it's one of those things where I say for now, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I'm loving what we do here on this platform and being able to keep you guys informed, to have these discussions, to break it down. Because I know not everybody even understands how court works. You know, and um, just being able to go through all that. Now, here's another case we're following for you guys. Um, Kurt Monroe, he's in court. He's the young man who owns, uh, what's the name of that bar again? He owns some bar there in town off of Smith Road. And he was found with a firearm in his possession. Now, poor little Kurt. Mm -mm -mm -mm. We're not going to talk too much about him because that's a jury trial. So sometimes there's a reason why I'm not saying anything at the time. But don't worry, we got our eyes on the ball. I'll let you guys know how that's going to go. Kizwiz says, Sandy, you better hold your corner because they're uh, going to try come for you. You know how it is, child. Make them come. Um, how many cases are unsolved? Court office needs appropriate and professional investigators. Well, it's not the court office that investigates. It's the police. So, um, you know, sometimes the police get lucky. I tell you what, police reporting is a little bit of luck. And sometimes it's just solid forensics as well. This case had CCTV footage, phone records that really were the foundation of the basis of this. And the judge really talked about how those things were impactful and her drawing her conclusion. The lies 
But of course, she said sometimes a person might lie and there could be a perfect explanation for it. So she needs to give the defendants as much, not credit, but as much possible, like, okay, what's the explanation for this? Because the prosecution has the burden of proving the case, not the defendants. The defendants don't have to prove anything. The prosecution has to prove guilt at a particular level for a criminal case. Cameron says even people on Mars follow CMR. <laughs> that is funny. What is pride? Some people don't do don't do well on this. I don't know. Uh, loved Lopez says Sandy, and you have some stupid Caymanians trying to live the lavish lifestyle and don't have a pot to piss in or a window. It's it's unfortunate, loved Lopez, because honestly, that's what gets you into trouble. Right? Trying to put your hat, as some old people say, trying to put your hat higher than you can reach is a real problem. Don't do it. Now, if you can work, and there are Caymanians who put their high, their hat high, and they have worked four or five jobs to hustle and make sure they can have whatever they want, then that's fine. Nobody's not going to kill you for an honest hustle. You can earn all the money in your world if you're doing it the right way. Moya says, considering this is an armed robbery that she planned, she should be deported. Given the possibility of six to 12 years, the children should be close to turning 18. So that eliminates her ties to needing to be a resident in the Cayman Islands. It's a good point, Moya, and we will see what happens once uh, she's out. I don't know how old her kids are, but I do believe at least one is in primary school. Because during the trial, she said she had to go pick him up and she needed to end the trial early. That was when things were getting a little bit hot and she wanted to come off the sand. And the judge said, you need to plan your, I'll let you go today. But you need to plan your schedule because you know you're in the middle of a trial. This is not something to be joking with. So if you need to arrange for the child to be picked up, then I felt like it was just getting too hot for her. This was a cross-examination from the, from the prosecution. And so she kind of just wanted to dip out that day. Because then when she went outside... She was outside. She wasn't in no rush all of a sudden to go get kids. But she's like, oh, I got to go. At 3.30, she tells the judge, oh, the kids were supposed to pick up at 3 o'clock. And the judge, and she wanted to end the trial early. But then she went, when, when she went outside the courthouse, she was in no hurry to get to her car. So this woman, I mean, lies upon lies. I mean, listen, there are some people in this world who are delusional. And they are pathological liars. And they lie about everything. And it strikes me that that might be the kind of person that we're dealing with here. I don't know if that's mental health or not, but I'm just saying. All right, folks, don't forget 936-2626. You can now call into the show. Come on, Gabby, call us. Ultra Lounge, yes. So he's in court for illegal possession of a firearm. Of course, since he's proving not guilty, if they find him guilty, he's looking at a mandatory 10 years of his life. But he's got a good lawyer, honey child. He went and got himself Amelia. Now I'm telling y'all straight. If I'm in court again for any criminal stuff, I'm going to be on my knees begging Amelia, you come defend me, girl, because she's good. By the way, she got bail for Lavelle last week. So, yeah. Mitchell joining us from New York. Thank you so much. So here's the thing. With the new phone set up, 
you guys can actually call me, not just on the regular line, but you can call on WhatsApp as well. That's pretty cool, right? So you can call that number WhatsApp. Aliana says, free to hold me, hashtag free Kurt. Not if he did it, child. And it looks like he was caught red-handed because the firearm was found in his house. So we're going to see what kind of excuse they're coming with. But like I said, it's a jury trial. So for now, we can't say nothing. Uh, Mitchell used to live in Cayman for 17 years. Oh, nice. Now people can use mental illness as a getaway card. I don't know. So Kathy says Eve's actions don't reflect on the person, the man, the father that Markel is. Markel, hold your head high. Fetty Ras, uh, please don't take any comments personal, but look at it being said to direct your future and the kids with a positive mindset. Yeah, I mean, I hope that he... Um, he maintains his own. But let us be honest as well, Kathy. If you had to call a spade a spade, isn't he the biggest enabler for her? Isn't he allowing her to go out there and live this life, although he was not in the mix-up with this particular thing? He defends her all the time. And he is part of that lifestyle that she's trying to keep up with. So they, they need a tailor for two, a tailor for her and a tailor for him. Is it not possible that sometimes your, your spouses and those closest to you are the same ones who are contributing to your own demise? Not to say that every situation your spouse is going to know what's going on, but sometimes they know plenty. And they need to step up and say, listen, if you want me and you to continue to be together, I can't have you out there breaching quarantine. And I'm doing it with you. <laughs> so sometimes, Kathy says, maybe he didn't have a choice. Everybody has a choice, honey child. Sometimes you got to step off of people. Even when you got children with them, you got to be like, listen, your actions mean that you don't mean me no good. You don't mean my children no good. You needed to stay home minding my children, but you're not even doing that. And so we need a change around here. And either you're going to make some changes or I'm going to make some changes. Tough love. Emma says she might have grown up in that same kind of manipulative environment because she's a pro. I'm sure. I'm sure that people who are like this have been exposed to a lifelong, you know, journey. This doesn't happen overnight. So I do feel sorry for the husband, absolutely, and the kids, and now what he's going to be um, facing. So El Ray agrees as well that he probably didn't have a choice. Are people in relationships and not have a choice anymore? Is that what is that what goes on? Like I said, I know when you have kids, that complicates things a whole lot. Because some of y'all be staying with people you don't even like, but you got children with them. You're like, oh, I got to grin and bear it, shell. Y'all be telling me, Sandy, he's out there doing this and that. And he got his Spanish woman on the side, but we got kids. And I'm just like, okay, but you do know you're exposing your children to this. So if you really care about the kids, which it sounds like you're thinking you do, when you say, oh, we got kids, why would you expose your kids to such foolishness? Because as Emma just pointed out, You become a product of what you witness and you're raised in every single day. 
But maybe Markel doesn't even know any different. Like I said, I don't know the man. So I'm not trying to make a judgment call about him. But maybe he doesn't even know the difference. Like maybe for him, she is a great wife despite, you know, all this other stuff. I don't know. Emma says, because he loves his wife, love can turn you effing stupid. I guess I'm not quite understanding it, but okay. Kathy says, you're 100% Sandy. I met, she seemed like the dominant partner. Oh, without a doubt. She's calling the shots here. That poor little man, he's, mm, what do we call it? P-whipped. He's just there for the ride and he does whatever she tells him to do. And she's a little bit older than him too. So I feel like she's probably more street smarter, street smart than him. So yeah, she, she's running the show. Poor thing. What a mess. <laughs> Look at where Marshall gone with this now. I wonder if she used to beat her husband. No. I mean, listen, it's not unheard of that men um, do get abused and it's not always physical. It can be mental or psychological abuse. El Reyes probably was browbeat. She wore the pants. I guess that makes some sort of sense. Anyway, folks, um, it is what it is. Uh, sad for those children. Um, Emma says women control men quite often and poor man can't do shit without that woman's approval. It is, like I said, P-whipped. And I don't know. Y'all y'all hear these stories about these women who be putting stuff in, in men's drinks and all kind of stuff when they cook from and whatever. They mix up some kind of special sauce. Child, please. Y'all know that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be Marlon Hill, child. He'd be like, what? You did what? Mm-mm-mm. Um, oh, Diane McLaughlin. Yeah, you know what, Strong Will? Sometimes the civil cases are very, very hard to follow up on because the parties might like settle and do other stuff. And the civil registry doesn't allow you free access to the case files like they do on the other side and the criminal side, which is a bit weird. So sometimes, unless the parties are willing to give an update, it becomes very, very difficult um, to get those types of an update. So Mitchell says, I don't know why this woman thinking she make we look so bad. She's not K-Man. She is not K-Man. We are Jamaica. She make we look bad, please. I'm not quite sure I'm getting that one, um, Mitchell. Um, Kathy says, stop. You just made me spit out my coffee. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kathy says she can speak personally for Mark Cavalchon. He can need somebody to speak for him. Kathy, are you a single woman? You better go over there and help him with them children. He gonna need a little extra loving and hugs and stuff. Go go help him out. Uh, money make you in charge and or top breadwinner. Stoopies. Yes, that's what it's called. Thank you, Kizwiz. She tie him. Yes, isn't yes. That's what it's, I've heard of this thing before. What a hot mess. So listen, unfortunately, um, somebody said she's crazy as hell and she will never learn. Unfortunately, folks, we also had a fatality over the weekend. Um, let me just see some of the uh, WhatsApp messages. Um.
So someone says no outfit they wear is fifty or sixty dollars. They try to outdo the next person. Well, I don't know what they cost, but all right. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. So um tall man is his name. Lost his life over the weekend. Kathy says, no thanks. I'm quite fine living my single life. <laughs> uh, oh, Perla says, Sandy, you're good. You need to do a live connection soon. Well, clearly I'm not that good because Kathy's like, hell to the no. What are you trying to say? I ain't interested. <laughs> Woo, what a mess. Uh, so Monday Rewind Show, folks. Unfortunately, this happened on Saturday. Nobody understood this because they're like, this road, first of all, you're not supposed to be doing it. You can't speed on this road. And then for him to doing it on a speed to kill himself, well, I don't know what happened. I guess the accident reconstruction people will have to tell us. But this is sad because he ran into this wall, I guess, is what he hit. Single, single vehicular accident. And... um. He killed himself. I don't know if he wasn't wearing a seatbelt or, you know, but geez, I'm peace. Mm-mm-mm. Look at the car, all mashed up. My God. Ugh. Sad. Uh, we don't have an official name yet, but we do know he is a Jamaican national. And um, <clears throat> this happened in Mangrove Avenue at about 1.30 p.m. And it's unfortunate that I'm hearing that there's some sort of incident that happened before the accident where he was either in an altercation or he was assaulted or there's quite a few stories. So we have reached out to the RCIPS to get some clarity on exactly what happened. So... You know, as soon as we get a response on that, we will certainly let you all know. Just a very, very sad situation, huh? My gosh. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But, you know, an accident can happen anywhere, folks. A fatal accident can certainly happen anywhere. As you guys probably have heard me mention before, we're going to be working um, with the NRA, the National Roads Authority. Part of their remit, along with the police and others, is to really ensure that our roads are as safe as possible. And road safety is at the top of their list. So I am really imploring um, all of you to just be cautious. It only takes one accident it only takes you know one wrong turn all of a sudden you end up in a wall and um next thing you know you're dead right it really unfortunately does not take very much and now an entire family like i said he's from jamaica so of course now they have to try to, you know, send his body back home, expatriate the body, all this kind of stuff. It's just like, wow. 
And it can't be easy to know that your family member has gone abroad to work and try to make a better living for themselves. And all of a sudden, one day you get a phone call or a text message to say that the person's dead. Yeah, we heard that as well, that he was punched in the head by someone. So I don't know if the lick to the head kind of made him, he probably shouldn't have gotten the car, but maybe he was trying to run away from the people that he was in this altercation with. Like the whole thing is just crazy. The number one cause of accidents in Cayman is speeding, drinking and driving, and not paying attention. Those are your top three. I don't know what order they fall in. Now, folks, today is the deadline. Very important deadline if you're interested in the tourism industry. Cruise ships are coming back next month. We're starting to really get back to that full reopening point. And... um. If you are in the industry, or even if you're not in the industry, but you want to upskill yourself, consider that the Shaker bartending course is available to you, but today's the deadline by five o'clock to register. The Ministry of Tourism and Transport in conjunction with the Wine School is offering the industry-recognized Shaker International Bartending Course. This course is open to all Caymanians 18 years and older. Registration deadline is Monday, February 28th. Do not miss out on this opportunity to upskill your tourism industry skills for free. Past students have found job opportunities in some of Cayman's best restaurants and bars. Visit wineschool.rcayman.ky today. All right, folks, so take advantage of that. Pass along, sorry, to anyone that you think might be interested. Lorna wants to know, what do the police get paid in traffic department? The same thing as everybody else. So Emma says, maybe this isn't an accident, but a murder. I think the police need to investigate all avenues of inquiry for sure. Because, yes, if if the hit to the head was really um, what sent this person, you know, into the wall, um, then somebody might be charged for that. Entirely possible. Perla says, when these cruise ships come to our shores, I hope they have holy water to wash their money. What? Ugh. I'm feeling congested all of a sudden. All right. Uh, what else happened over the weekend? Let me just check my list here. You know, I have to write things down because otherwise I'll forget. Oh, jobs came in. Speaking of jobs, you got tourism industry jobs. And then there are other jobs. Uh, Boomflick says that that road is always full of gravel. Of course, roads, road safety also means keeping the roadways clear of debris and that sort of stuff as well. But um, jobs came in, has said the Ministry of Border Control, Labor and so on has said that there's over 800 jobs available for Caymanians on the Jobs Cayman portal. Well, you can't say anything until you apply. And then uh, they'll be taking it from there. All right, so we're going to talk to the ministry about trying to feature some of those jobs because they said that they're going to put them in the newspaper. But I know y'all don't read no newspapers. So I don't know why they're putting them out in print. We need them available electronically in a nice little booklet. Here's my suggestion, minister and ministry staff. CMR giving you another free idea. Y'all need to start. Listen, these ideas are worth a lot of brownie points politically. And they're good for the people that came in islands. 
put it in a flip book, a PDF flip book. Talk to CMR, we'll put it up for you. Distribute this flip book to everybody in Cayman. Yes, you'll still have to go to the works website and get registered. But in the meantime, you can be flipping through the jobs to see what's available. Let's sit here on this show and dedicate a couple days worth of dissecting these jobs and seeing what's what. I've given you the idea, now run with it. If you need any logistics about how it's gonna work, then you call me. So yes, cruise ships are coming back, supposedly the 21st of March. And I'm telling y'all that uh, these people are super excited about the possibility, the cruise lines that is, of returning. So someone said to me over the weekend, Sandy, can we please have um, some degree of control over these cruise ships because they come here, you know, unfeathered. They, they do whatever they want. They're dumping all kind of black matter in the ocean, including in our waters. They're killing our ecosystem. They are doing the most. Well, I agree that they need to do better. Without a doubt. And I said to the person, the difficulty of it is, unfortunately, we have people, Caymanians, who are so used to having a million cruise shippers and other tourists coming off our shores to be able to backtrack now and tell them, hold on, folks, quality over quantity is a good thing. Child, you know they're not gonna want that. They're gonna be like, What? Oh, let me play my hot mess button. What a hot mess, folks. What a hot mess. That's true. It's hard to dial back and say, Yes, we will have fewer people, but if we go after the right type of persons, they will spend more money. They will be here on island longer. No, y'all want to pack them on like sardines. Five, 6,000 people a day descending on Georgetown. You don't pack it up those little stores in town. They only spend $5 each. They're going to come buy a patty and a Pepsi for $6 and that's it. They might have one lunch meal here. They're not the people we really want. Yes, I know the cruise industry has a place to play. But we need to do some real evaluation evaluating of our situation here because they're not the ones who spend money. They are cheap as they, listen, they're taking an all you can eat, all you can booze up, all you can drink cruise for $1,500. What kind of people you think you're attracting? They're not people who are going to come here and be like, oh, let me go and spend $100 on lunch. Nope. So we got to think, folks. COVID presented an opportunity for us to reset the dial. I'm not sure that we've done it. <laughs> we were just so focused on just trying to survive, I guess. And, uh, you know, kind of get back to where we were. But we haven't reset anything. We haven't reset the dial at all. In fact, have we even painted Georgetown? Spruced up the waterfront. They're coming back in March. Can we do some of that stuff? 
I would love to see us really spend some time on uh, a little painting, making the place look better. We've not done any of that. Huh. Unfortunate. Even the little, you know, on the waterfront, you have right there by Hogsty. You've got the concrete that, child, that looks like that's been hit by one too many um, Norwesters. Go ahead and put a little bit of plaster on it, even it out, paint it up. So at least the first year for tourists coming back, it looks a little bit better than it did before. Lorna says jobs available, great for Caymanians. Well, let's hope so. Is it still down? I know, I know the job portals. Let me try and see. Jobs came out. I know it went down over the weekend, like on Friday, but I assume that was because too many people were hitting it up. No matter, it's back on. It's back. I want us to um. I'm going to have to get a login and set it up and see if we can't register and go through the job portal. That's something that we should do. And we sh they should be showing people, because not everybody is tech savvy. They should be showing people how to use the job portal and stuff as well. Yep. They could be doing a lot. Thank you, Mitchell. Mark has a question. Mark says, are they going to have a negative test before coming off the ship? Um, let me see if they've told us yet. One second. I feel like we don't have all the details as yet. But I'm assuming that it will be the same. Let me see if they say what the criteria are yet. Mm. So they say rigorous safety protocols implemented by cruise lines including the requirement for passengers and crew to be fully vaccinated. The Cayman Islands has identified which cruise ships will be permitted during phase one. So this is a phase in situation uh, to increase the layers of public protection. Don't forget, by the way, that on this Wednesday, we do have premier access at uh, seven o'clock. The Cold Hard Truth now has your premiere access with Premier Panton. Hello everyone, this is Wayne Panton. Come and join me on Cayman Mar Road's premiere access every other Wednesday at 7 p.m. for a frank and open Q&A session. I'm here to answer your questions about the issues that concern you the most. Tune into YouTube and Facebook Live on Wednesday. We will see you there. Full transparency answering your questions down to earth accountable and accessible to who matters you don't miss premier access on the cold hard truth spilling the tea like no one else
All right, folks. Um, so thank you so much. So uh, Damien says $40 million budget for DOT. We're going to talk about that. Um, I'm going to tell you some of my thoughts on it. But yes, we're going to talk about that. It's certainly not the biggest budget the DOT has had, by the way. But they're going to need a lot to try to re recuperate and rebounce from COVID. Hmm. I'm at least able to get to the, I'm not logging in, but I was able to get to the primary screen. So if you're not able to get to it, um, I have found before, and this is like a quirk, I think with some government sites, that the, they don't work the best in, um, in Google Chrome. So maybe try a different browser. But this part of the website, I can say, is up. Whereas I know last week, not even this was working. So just double check it. I'll send you the, um, I'll send you the URL. Just in case. All right, try that on a different browser and see. Oh, yeah, they need to do a little bit of something, something more to let people know what jobs are available and provide people with assistance. You know, not everybody, like I said, might have um, internet access uh, as easily or access to computer. They should have computers, which I think they might at works. Do they still have those set up where you can go in and log in um, and so forth? You can use it right there to register for the jobs. All right, good people. Um, I think that's it for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this morning. Good show. Um, yes, check your browser. I think sometimes that's the issue. Good morning, Tommy. How are you? Mark says, if passengers are allowed to travel to Cayman, who needs a PCR ladder flow test before arrival on the flights? It should be the same for the cruise ships. Yeah, I'm sure that that is in the works. I was just saying that the premiere is coming on so we can get all of the details from him um, if it's not in the article. So let me just have a quick look here. But I do believe that the, um, they will definitely uh, be having certain protocols in place. So cruise passenger arrivals will be limited to 40% of previous passenger volume, so fewer people. So they're looking at about 75,000 passengers during this period. And then they will evaluate it at phase, before moving on from phase one. So they don't, they can't, I don't think say exactly, you know, they're going to do phase one for four weeks, they say. And then they're going to review the safety protocols, see how well things are working and so on. So similar to what they did with stayover passengers, they're going to do it in a phase in approach. And at the end of each phase, they will evaluate to see how well things are indeed working. Tommy says, great, Sandy, and thanks for all you're doing. Appreciate your hard work. Thank you so much, Tommy joining us in the Bahamas. I appreciate the love and support. All right, so I think that's it for today. 
It is Monday. Happy Monday to everyone. It is also, if you have kids, midterm break. If you've got younger kids, thank God for camps so that they can still be engaged uh, during the week. You know, parents don't have it easy. You know, somebody was saying this to me the other day. They're not yet a parent, but um, they were kind of like, you know, you've got to be able to pick kids up at three o'clock and, you know, you can't take long if you work for most employers and do school pickup. Uh, you've got to have probably one parent who's a little bit more flexible than the other parent. It ain't easy with children um, doing all this stuff. And then they've got extracurricular activities when they're out of school. You know, if you don't have a full-time helper, then you've got to find options available to them. So it's a lot planning their schedules. And quite frankly, um, you know, it, it definitely is what it is. Uh, a little bit of community help. So sometimes you've got, you know, to help each other out. You've got a friend who, who's a single mom and they need help with pickup. Your kids go to the same school. You can volunteer to, to do the pickup Monday. Just be careful who picking up your children now. Make sure it's somebody you trust and your children know. No, no inappropriate touch, no inappropriate talk. No inappropriate thinking even. Be careful. All right. Thank you, Perla, Tommy, Mark, Damien, everybody else that tuned into the program. Uh, Mitchell, Lorna, Moya, Kizwiz, KK, who else was here? Boomflick, all of you. At one point, I think we reached 340 people or something on the live stream today. Uh, so we're getting very, very close to being able to kick off on the station. Like I said, the board is here. I am going to, I wonder if I could set up that, that second camera today. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to see what I can do with the second camera. I got to see how and where to position it, but uh, I'm working on it. I think I'll probably just use, um, you know, I can actually use the iPhone as another camera to bring in. But that's going to be busy taking calls potentially. So I can't overuse that for that purpose. So I do have a webcam. I'm thinking that I can uh, perhaps use the webcam instead. Uh -huh. But anyway, we'll, we'll get it sorted out. We'll figure it out. Don't worry. Uh, and then I need to figure out, do I plug that into the board or how is that going to get attached? Hmm. Anyway, fear not, we'll get it all sorted. Um, but yeah, I'm going to do a second camera because I think just sometimes switching to a different view would be kind of interesting during the show. But we're hopefully about two weeks out from being live on radio. So we've got the phone number working and, uh, you know, the board is installed and we're going to be adding stuff. So I'm going to be adding um, all of my little pre-programmed things where I can say different things and whatever to the board as, as well. Good stuff. Busy, busy, busy over here. Thank you, Mark. You guys have a blessed day as well. Happy Monday. Go out there and earn an honest living, folks. Get your hustle on. Get that money to pay your bills first. Have a good day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at caymanmarlroad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings.